Hey, TC, what time is it? Mm, it's time for a makeover. Hi, I'm Siege. And I'm TC. And welcome to Movie Makeover, the podcast where we take the movies you love, think you love, guilty pleasures, or downright hate, and give them a much-needed update. Every episode, we'll review the good, the bad, and ultimately, the makeover, where we pitch our changes for the film or cast our own reboots. This week's movie is 2000's Dude, Where's My Car? Written by Philip Stark uh, from That 70s Show and Dog with a Blog, which I don't know if you've seen that before. It's like a Disney show. It's terrible. Um, he got it in line with this movie and directed by Danny Lehner of Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Fans. All of this is making so much sense right <laughs> off the bat. Wow. Um, starring Ashton Kutcher, Sean William Scott, Jennifer Garner, and Hal Sparks. Um, we also have a guest. Yeah, our first guest. And uh, yeah, we're going to introduce you to our friend Peter. Peter, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? I'm Peter. Uh, happy to be here. Big fan of the movie when it came out. Yeah. So I'm happy <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, so speaking of when it came out, TC, why don't you give us a little... Yeah, sure. Out. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously this movie came out... Uh, 2000, what's so strange about this is that this feels like it should be like a 420 release. It was released December 15th. This is a Christmas (laughs) release. Why? I don't know. It's, it makes as much sense as the rest of this movie. Um, It has a budget of 13 million, but it grossed surprisingly like $73 million. Whoa. Um, which for that budget is, makes this actually a pretty big success. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives this movie 17%. But oh, man. What's interesting is that the the viewers gave it 47%. A little bit better, still a fail grade, but, you know, better than 17 Was Rotten Tomatoes around back in 2000? I don't think so. No, these are these yeah. are people who are, I guess, going around. They were back to visit it. Yeah. Very much like we're doing. Smart. And they were like, okay. oh, this... This was not what I thought it was. IMDb gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Um, I couldn't find Roger Ebert's review of this, but BBC said something that was really interesting. They quoted this movie as being intensely irritating and painfully unamusing. I can only agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Peter, why don't you give us a little history of like your... Yeah, because you said you movie. were watching this yeah. like at its release date. So yeah, so it came out in 2000, right? Yes. Uh, the end of 2000. And that was middle school for me. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, oh man, like I just remember the thing that I remember the most about it was, and just like revisiting it as an adult, is like it's it's a very thin plot, but like it's a lot of like vignettes. Like yeah. when he yes. pulls up next to Fabio, it's like, oh, that's a sketch. Like yeah. that's like a little thing. Uh, when they're trying on the suits and it's like very quotable, it's like, dude, what does mine say? Sweet. And like as like a little like, rambunctious like middle school kid I was like oh Johnny McPot smoker like that's like one of their nicknames and like uh and like oh this this uh this dog's getting high so for me I was less I was at the time I was less paying attention to it as like a, a movie and just like oh man that's a weird crazy thing that I'm gonna remember that's a weird crazy thing that I remember and like Everybody I know at the time quoted uh, Anne Van. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> so I like I don't remember it like as a movie. I just remember like like scenes. And January Jones was in it, right? Is she? Maybe. I think she was one of the. Oh gosh. I think she was one of the like hot chicks. She can be like uncredited. I don't know. It's really because the the star power that's in this movie mm-hmm. is well. <laughs> there there are power. <laughs> The celebrities are the quote, quote, you know, 
I guess C list or whatever. It's like they're still <laughs> celebrities. There are people. They're recognized faces in this, and I was like, yeah. oh, it's kind of weird that it got so many people. And I would say, like, I don't think Jennifer Gardner brags about this movie. You know, what I mean? sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a role, and it was yeah. <laughs> and and especially when you consider the time, like, yeah, Ashton Kutcher was at the top. Of the list at this point in time, I think so. Yeah, because it was a '70s show. Uh, yeah, that was this his first like. It was the first time I remember seeing him. Yeah. yeah, and I know that uh, Sean William Scott had just came off of American Pie fame. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so that's right. this was like at the time, this would be the equivalent of getting Zac Efron and The Rock, and you know, it's just like in terms of like <laughs> yeah, yeah. star power. It's the Baywatch of the time. But to, to answer your question, <laughs> to answer movie on our podcast. <laughs> Uh, to, yeah, to answer your question, I was just blown away that like I was seeing this on t- on the screen. Yeah, and like I went with my one of my friends and his mom, and she was just there, just like shaking her head the whole time, <laughs> like oh my god. And I don't know, like we'll probably get into this, but has it reached like a cult? I don't know if it's reached like a cult status. Yet. I feel like it's had to because that's the only thing that would explain its revenue and ongoing popularity. Well, no, I, sure. I mean, like, maybe maybe it's that. I think that <laughs> watching this, I was very much like you, first impressions, when I watched this as a child. Not only we chose this movie, because TC was like, I've never seen it. I was like, no. You've oh, never right, right, right. seen Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, iconic movie. Part of my childhood. Everyone I know has seen and quoted this movie. Not me. Had I read or watched it since I was 13? No, but I was like, it was such a huge movie. I was like, we have to revisit that. Yeah. Because I know it's not Citizen Kane, but like, <laughs> I also just remember it being a very popular and very influential movie. Yeah. Especially if we're talking about political, I mean, not political, popular zeitgeist. Oh, yeah. And amazing. watching it again, I was like, I was 13. (laughs) And I think that its popularity comes from a group of men, I'm going to say, mostly. Because I'm sure there are women who watch this and they're like, oh, memories. But I can't imagine a single female watching this and being like, ah, the good old days. But like, I remember, in my mind, there are several guys who think of this movie fondly because Mm -hmm. they think of who they were and how it made them feel at the time, very much as you said. Yeah. It was something I'd never seen before. Or, like, the humor at the time was, like, top-notch. But I'm actually just remembering certain vignettes. What's funny <laughs> is... Yeah, just, like, the quotable parts. You the know? quotable part. Like, the the scene where they... Uh, the tattoo scene is really funny uh-huh. because Ashton Kutcher said that he read it and thought the entire script was stupid until he got to that scene... And for some reason, that scene, the idea of, like, even when I showed you the first clip, it was of that scene. That scene, for some reason, is comedy to us. And we're like, that makes this, that validated the whole movie (laughs) for some reason. I mean, mean, (laughs) definitely at the time, there was a clear difference between what was considered at the time like a chick flick and like a dude flick or whatever. Like it was definitely on the dude side, like you're saying. But also with that scene, for me, that introduced me to Adidas tracksuits. Whereas (laughs) like the greatest you know and I was like this movie is 
Adidas Drax tracksuits are the shit. But yeah. like, but everybody else, like an older uh, generation before me, was introduced to Adidas tracksuits through like Run DMC. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, those are sweet. Like that's so original. Uh, and I was like, oh man, I want like a blue one or a red one or something like that. It actually led to one of my least favorite parts of the movie, but. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, All right. And so, TC, your first, first reaction. Okay. Fan. So, I will say this: I was in middle school when this movie came out, and I knew of the movie. I saw right. the trailer. It just even the trailer as I was a kid, I was like, mm, "This kind of looks dumb on the pass." And <laughs> watching it now, there were so many things that I was just like, as an adult, fresh eyes, <laughs> watching this, I was blown away by. And okay. but I have to say, listening to both of your testimonials of this film, um, I understand like thirteen-year-olds, the year two thousand. Yeah. Wow, yeah, those two parts make such a big difference because the entire time I was like, "Who is this weed movie for?" Thirteen-year-olds. <laughs> okay, we're there. That's an issue, but we'll deal with that later. <laughs> but the 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 tone of the comedy, it was very like I was like, "What is this reminding me of?" It just reminded me of, like, the worst jokes of, like, an Austin Powers movie. If you ever saw, like, Freddy Got Fingered, like, that era of humor, like... Yeah, but what's funny is, as you just said, it's from that era. It's, it was that entire era. time is filled with movies where, Absolutely. as an adult, are even like, no, you're like, no, honestly, I don't want someone to tell me how this pitch made it through. Yeah, because <laughs> you're right, because there's not really a plot... That gives you anything to chew on. And it took way too long for me to realize, oh, these are bits. These are, we're going from one mm. bit to the next. And once I realized that, I kind of understood the movie a bit better. Okay. But up until then, I was just like, I am so lost trying to follow any of this. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's just my okay. first so are uh, you guys ready to go into the summary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so for those of you who haven't seen Dude, Where's My Car? Uh, here's a little rundown. Poor souls. Um, after an acid dream-like opening credits, uh, we're uh-huh. <laughs> introduced to two stoner roommates, Jesse, played by Ashton Kutcher, and Chester, uh, an Animal Planet-loving idiot, uh, played by Sean William Scott. Uh, after a night of partying, they wake up one morning and realize they cannot find Jesse's car. As they retrace their steps in order to find the car, they encounter a variety of people, including uh, fellow pothead Nelson, mm. their angry girlfriends Wo- Wilma and Wanda, also known as the twins. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that women are rarely referred to by names. Oh, recently. yeah, I, I saw that too. Like, <laughs> like, again, being very 2019 Bechtel test and everything, yeah. I was like, uh, oh, no, it doesn't pass, does it? it does no, it. maybe it does. Weird. Like, I, I, I looked, and it was like... Do the, does, do the hot like, chick aliens talk to the twins about the trans... Oh, my God. I, no, they talk about Jesse and Chester, okay, and the whole thing right, is they, they can't talk about men, and it's so hard because every... We'll get into that in the bad, but, like, okay. every... You're right. Almost everyone. It's the twins. The hot chicks. It's it's crazy. The transgender stripper. <laughs> oh, uh, who they also run into. Um, a hot chick named Chrissy Boner. Chrissy Boner gets a first and last name. Nice. Uh, that can't be her real name. Her, her boyfriend. I thought that was like a, a nickname they gave her. No, her name is Chrissy Boner. Uh, her Holy. boyfriend, Tommy. And as you mentioned, a transsexual stripper named Tanya, who trusted them with a suitcase full of stolen money and now wants it back. Uh, a cult of alien-seeking fanatics led by Hal Sparks 
and a group of aliens in human form looking for a mystical device that could save or destroy the world. See, all right, <laughs> aliens got introduced to this plot. I have to say, I was just like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, yeah. you know what? They, there was another movie. I don't know if you guys ever saw Spice World. Yes. Yeah. It's oh. so terrible. But they randomly throw aliens in the middle of that movie, too. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, Oh, okay. Kids like aliens. We're just gonna throw this into a movie. But and... also, I think it's. I think time is very important. If you remember, the context around the new millennium was yeah. all futuristic. That's why aliens wow, were yeah. in specifically because all of our technology, all yeah. of our fashion, it was all futuristic, out of this world type imagery. But it was also that kind of like. That time where we thought the future was just people wearing like shiny clothes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Little did we know it was just Nazis yeah, yeah, coming yeah. back. So, um, <laughs> to wrap this summary up, in the end, Jesse and Tre- Jesse and Chester find a suitcase full of money, save the world from annihilation, and fail to order from a Chinese restaurant before reuniting with the twins and finding Jesse's car. There you go. I mean, that pretty much sounds, it. that does sum it up. <laughs> and I feel like I would, I mean, even if you just read that synopsis, I would have questions, but it makes more sense than watching the movie. I'll yeah, absolutely. <laughs> as, you're, as you're describing, as you were just distri- describing this, I was realizing that it comes, this movie came at the perfect intersection of like adolescence, immaturity, and 2000s. Like, yeah. like people that were in middle school around this time were like, oh, Freaking rule, but like everybody smarter than that, <laughs> and everybody that like didn't wasn't introduced until till later in their life, they're like, oh no, this is terrible. I think this it's also like, a testament to um, to our general our, our <laughs> nation at that time. You yeah. know what I mean? Because what right. I mean is for this to get greenlit. People who weren't 13 had to yeah. be like, so many full yeah. non-13-year-olds had to approve this movie for it to get made. And so, I mean, like, even when they focus grouped it, those people weren't 13. But again, like, Spy Who Shagged Me came out, what, the year before this? And it was this massive hit. And so, and this was a massive hit. Kind of it had 13 yeah. million and made 73. Oh, wow. That, I mean, think about that. That's that was really a good. huge hit. Yeah. And those aren't all 13-year-olds going to the movie theater. Yeah. That's adult, and it tells you that our nation was in a place where that was where we were thinking. So when you kind of mm. consider it, we've come a long way. <laughs> and also, too, I mean, at least I, if when a movie makes that kind of money on that kind of budget, you have to imagine that people are seeing this more than once. It's Absolutely. not like, oh, like yeah, which is yeah. why it was weird to me that you had never seen it because yeah. it was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, true. the dude sweet scene, yeah. the. Uh, and then there's just so many moments, as you said, quotable moments, pivotal scenes that I remember being everywhere. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. How much of the success of this movie do you think had to do with just like attractive young leads? Absolutely. I looked at this and I was like looking for good, and I was like, I gotta admit, Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott. I mean, just very attractive young man. Is that that's the totally. whole thing of the movie, right? Like, <laughs> well, what's weird is like I'm gay, so like that makes sense why I'm like, yeah, keep going. Because no, I feel <laughs> like those were, about the, it. those were the kind of dudes that like, oh, I want to be friends with them. Like, I want to hang out with dudes. Like, yeah. they remind me of my friends when I was in middle school. Kind of, they had a coolness to them. It wasn't really like they were both just playing a heightened version of themselves. Like, yeah, it was great casting. I don't think you could think of anybody else at the time that's like, man, I mean, this 
I know we're going to talk about casting later, like recasting, yeah. but maybe this was like, and you talked about pitches earlier, maybe it was pitched as like, at the time, today's Bill and Ted. Yeah. You know, but like, instead of like an excellent adventure, or like an adventure through time, or like, you know, having any sort of historical thing, it's like, yes, two potheads. Well, like, no, and honestly, I love that you brought that up, because for me, that's what I, when I was watching it, I kind of, my mind was like, oh, this is kind of a millennial version of Bill and Ted. You find like a bit, yeah, because like, Keanu Reeves kind of, uh, you know, would resemble uh, Ashton, Ashton Kutcher, yeah, and then... Uh, the guy that the played. other guy, guy <laughs> yeah. gosh, I used Alice to know his Winter? name. Maybe, <laughs> Winter, maybe. probably. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the Sean William Scott type. So, so yeah, I mean, like, I think just through a series of coincidences, yeah. maybe this movie yeah. exactly happened. Well, I mean, and that would that would make sense. So let's get into the good. Yeah. Because um, okay. with this movie, I will say that watching it, the overall plot and the way that they. I guess flesh out everything yeah. doesn't make sense that I have a lot of problems with and we'll get into. But the idea of dude, where's my car? I'm actually completely sold on waking up. Like it automatically right from the beginning, you have a mystery. They wake up, they go outside, they cannot find Jesse's car. And that starts this journey, okay. so to speak. And I'm, I'm actually with there and you, you yourself as a viewer, you don't know where the car is. You don't know what a car looks like. You know what I mean? It's just like a, You've never seen their car. It's actually pretty good at hooking you into, all right, we're going to find his car. I'm willing to take this journey with you. That's not outrageous. Yeah. Why? Because it's relatable. I have a car. I've been out the night before. I can't remember. So that idea of retracing your steps, great pitch. And I'm actually in, and I think they keep that mystery well, because each step we get, we get closer to filling in what they did the night before. But we're still looking for the car. That premise never... It's not like they find the car mid-movie and then we're still on this journey. You That's know, what like, drives and it. And That's I think, I think that that in itself, I was like, I'm kind of in for that. But I love to see it like You know what I will say? I would say it was really hard because the elements that I did like of this movie were elements that I was like, other movies do this so much better. Yes. Like, like the, I don't know what happened the night before, Hangover does that ten times better. The whole pothead movie in general, there were so many, like, half-baked moments yeah. that were so like the guy who lives in the closet, the dog getting high. I was like, these are both elements that came out in Half-Baked, which came out, like, two years before. Yeah. So, oh, like, yeah. I was like, wow, there's, there's things about this that I'm recognizing that were better in other places. And even, <laughs> like, the whole, like, like, because I feel like most stoner movies are something simple as becoming overly complicated because you're hot. Uh-huh. And Pineapple Express, like, yeah. uh, Harold and Kumar, like, all of those things, this. Because they, <laughs> they say, yeah, the plot is to get the car, but then the plot becomes getting the car so they can get the gifts for the girls. But no, now we want to bang these other girls that are now presenting us and offer us sexual pleasure. And now we want to bang Chrissy Boner, but it's also we can get the gifts so we can give our girlfriends so we can bone them because they have a special treat for us. Yeah, well, I, do think it is important, <laughs> I do think it's important to point out that they haven't had sex with their girlfriends yet. And that's, I'm always, whenever I see stuff like this, I always go back to the fact that this is a time pre-porn prevalence. So the idea of I agree I haven't touched a girl in a while is a huge driving force that is just hard for us to relate especially to. Especially, like, yeah, especially if you're a blind yeah, kid. Yeah, we're just like, what are you 
You're an idiot. <laughs> but like the idea of I haven't touched a girl in a while being a driving force is something yeah. that I feel is very specific to movies before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, I mean, if you're talking about this film borrowing from you know uh, movies that had come before, like Half Baked and stuff like that, and like maybe Bill and Ted, like we were talking about before, it's definitely borrowing from like those films of the '80s where sex was a character. Yes. You know, like... Uh, we saw this in Risky Business. We yes. saw this Risky in... Risky Business. P- uh, Porky's. Uh, Porky's. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, American Pie, which came out like... The, the, sure. All yeah. this is right before, in that at time, where it's all about, oh, can you imagine having sex? And now 13-year-olds are like, yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily, yeah, like, it wasn't, like, necessarily like a sex-positive time. Yeah. Right? Would you say that? Yeah, yeah. And, like, 100%. this was reflective of that. Well, also, I mean, the treatment of women throughout is reflective of. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, we're not on the bad part. We're on the good. Well, here's the thing with this movie, it's oh, really yeah. complicated to talk about the good without well, skirting the bad. Peter, I, I'll say this as someone who grew up having a reverence for this movie, as watching it again, were you able to, like, enjoy the parts that you enjoyed as a kid? Um. Yes, as to say, I haven't grown up much. <laughs> uh, I mean, I did, but it was a nostalgia thing. You yeah. Know? It's like why I still like Air Jordans, you know what I mean? Sure. It's like not the best shoe available, but like it, it holds like some nostalgia for me and like, uh, you know, some reverence like you're saying. Uh, was I able to laugh? Um, yeah, I was able to laugh at like the, the silly moments of Fabio moments. Like, um, (laughs) that, which is so random. It's like, we need to connect some, I I don't know. Uh, they didn't need that. They were like short on it. Um, was I able to laugh? Yeah, I was able, I was able to laugh and like, um, because I wasn't taking it seriously. Whereas like when I first saw it, I was like, whoa, I want to be these guys. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, well, I'm not really taking it so seriously. Um, what a bunch of goofs. Yeah. You know, like that was... I will say there were two moments in the film that did make me laugh. Um, okay. But it was it was because of the, wow, that's so stupid. But right. I feel like that's what the humor yeah. throughout was intended to be. Yeah. Um, the moment when, during the ostrich race chase <laughs> thing, oh where God, yeah. the ostrich pokes its head through the car roof, that actually made me laugh because I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and also, uh, which I see that CJ kind of pointed out too, banish you to Hoboken, New Jersey. Banish you to Hoboken, New Jersey. I was like, that to me, I, I wrote it down because that was the funniest to me, that was the funniest line. That yeah. was also my introduction to Hoboken, New Jersey. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. in, I'm like, I was re- like reared on this. Like, this is like what this this movie uh, <laughs> raised me. Like, yeah, I knew about yeah. Adidas tracksuits. Like, Hoboken, New Jersey is a punchline, and I I've, I've only been there I think once or twice. You're you you're showing yeah, me yeah, the yeah. power of cinema that like people can throw some shit out there trying to make money and educate children. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> but like you, that's, that's kind of the problem that we we've come into in the last few years is we're realizing how powerful things like movies are and right, like yeah. and representation. That's why it's because it actually does oh. form people inform people. Um, one of the things that in, in that that I wrote down that's good and talk about informing is this movie's love of Animal Planet. Like it's like it's kind of written off like as a joke, but also totally. Chester solves many of problems by being like watching this educational network. And, like when we when we are introduced to him, and I think well, I think you guys are gonna like just. I mean, as a, <laughs> as a whole, you would probably say like, oh, maybe this isn't great writing, but. I know a guy like that. And I think everybody knows a guy that's a stoner, gets baked, watches Animal Planet, and then, like, 
applies it or like, yeah, 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 yeah. like whispers it to you at a party is like oh they're acting like meerkats over there <laughs> like like actually like applies the things that he's learned and i'm like oh man that's so i mean i uh, admire that now you know what i mean because i know that guy's a relatable character can i ask what's i don't know if I, and there's any way that you guys can verify this, but do you remember that song, You and Me, Baby, Ain't Nothing? Yeah, man, we'll yeah. Let's do it. Like, Bare Naked Ladies. It's not Bare Naked Ladies. No, but no, was no, that around not, this time period? Yeah, this I, is around that time. I just feel like this was around that time where, like, Discovery Channel and Animal Planet and things like that were, like, first popping up on cable and, like, people were finding, like, real enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Because I feel like this is, like, when Shark Week started happening. And, oh, like, yeah. So uh, I just I think it's interesting that this kind of all cool uh, Bloodhound Gang Bloodhound Gang Bloodhound Gang uh, it is 1999 alright yeah, yeah. so like you're right in this time and you're right so what's interesting to me is you just pointed out and I was going to bring this up because when you mentioned when you mentioned the fact that the dude in the closet and right. was a, a character that has been in other movies it's like how many Dudes, are, because one thing I've learned by living in L.A. Mm-hmm. is how many things in movies I thought was, like, a weird one-off is actually just L.A. culture. An inside oh, yeah, yeah, joke. Yeah, like an inside yeah. joke. So the idea that this dude living in the closet is just such a prevalent character, which, again, to me is just stupid. Yeah. Is that, like, what people were doing in 2000? Like, like there was just a bunch of fireheads who were living in other people's closets, and then... I don't know. I would have to think so, because for it to be in other people's movies, this can't be, like, a one-off. This isn't, like, oh, the age-old dude in the closet. I will say this, though. For for that bit, it it felt so half-baked because of this. In Half-Baked, they have the guy on the couch, Uh and he, like, wakes up, he gets high, he goes back to sleep, whatever. Um, And then at one point, they're like... Is he your friend? No, I thought that was so-and-so's friend. Huh. And then I was like, oh, that same joke is in Dude, Where's My Car? Where they're like, do you know him? No, I thought he was your friend. Actually, you know what? So, so, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, when we were in college, Peter and I went mm-hmm, to college mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. And so when we were in college, we had, like, you know, that kind of rambunctious, in-and-out uh, atmosphere of, like, people coming in and out of the sure, apartment sure, and all sure. that sort of stuff. And there was one day, specifically... Where this dude was on the couch and we were all sitting around watching movies and this dude was just kind of like being a dick and someone turned and was like, "Yo, your friend's a dick." He's like, "I don't know that dude. <laughs> that dude, I thought he was your friend." And every everyone stopped and was like, "Hey, dude, who do you know here?" And yeah, he was exactly. like, "I don't know anyone." And we were like, "Turn out!" And we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, we didn't let him stay. Yeah. <laughs> as far as it like being like an LA thing, which I think is like where all these scripts come from, like yeah. you know, um, it's. It's like you move out here and like you gotta live in a, a closet for a little while. Yeah. Or like you know you haven't like established yourself. It's one of the main points in uh, that Showtime uh, show. Uh, I'm dying up here, where a bunch of like, like oh, yeah, some yeah, comics yeah. from the Midwest move out. They gotta live in like a closet, pay rent for that, and then it's like it's yeah, it's just like an inside LA thing. It's like oh yeah, it's it's crazy to everybody else. Like well, it's so funny. Like it's like a, a Sesame Street character. Yeah, right? yeah Oscar yeah. the Grouch lives in a a, a a trash bin and like you know. Steven lives in the closet, or, or you know, it's yeah. creepy, but like, yeah. but like for LA people, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, the dude's yeah. Like, everyone has a dude who lives in the closet, <laughs> like, yeah, but you can save on utilities, you try to make it as like a writer yeah, or true. whatever. So, I guess, yeah, we'll forgive them for that. <laughs> One positive thing I will say is that there was so much of this movie that I just found to be completely just like unsensical, like, it just I couldn't. 
I was getting frustrated trying to make sense of it. Uh-huh. But I will say that when the pudding came back around, I was actually like, you know what? That's actually pretty decent writing. I can't believe we haven't talked about the pudding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I will say, like, I, I, I said that they are actually pretty good because I usually, <laughs> when, when I'm watching movies like this, in terms of, like, writing, I feel like the writing, the writing itself is bad and the small vignettes don't sure. make sense. But there is something to the fact that almost anything they set up there's a payoff for. Yep. And very often, I'll have, like, I do this all the time because I did it with, um, I think what's crazy is a lot of bad movies have that quality. Whereas, like, you'll be like, this is ludicrous. Why would you even insert that? And then five seconds later, they're like, and here's the payoff. And you're like, oh! I mean, like, I could hate the, I could hate that you even made that joke. Right. But I can't say that it wasn't constructed with, you know, like, yeah, set up and then pay off. Because it did pay off. But it feels so, like, almost like they wrote it backwards. They're like, we need somebody to explain this. Well, let's go back 20 pages and say that he did this. Yeah, like, maybe that's the thing. Because the reason why it shocks you at the time is because it doesn't make sense with the world that's been established. So you're like, why? And then, like, they'll half-ass explain it later, and you're like, oh, okay, all right. I mean, you... At least it came back around. Yeah, it came back around. And that's that's one of the things. Like, this movie does really good where it's like... It, like again, him watching Animal Planet. Perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like, they they zoom in on that moment and you're watching it. And they even introduce the monkey. when you know, So it's, like, it's, it's kind of like, you're like, out of everything, why did you do this moment? And what they're saying is, this will be relevant later. Right. But it just doesn't make sense why it would be. Right. And again, I just think that as visually... It doesn't make sense that it's stupid, but then if you're going to simply look at it from a story structure and be like, did you make this pay off at the end and make it relevant of even noticing? Yes, you did. And that's what, so that's the face you just made. Yeah. Like, huh. You're like, yeah. Like, I was like, I'm huh. upset, but I can't be that upset. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there should be a, uh, a USC class and just the breakdown of Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> if we secretly discover that this movie's brilliant, I'm giving up on this. I mean, that's what you guys are saying, right? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Uh, do you have any other good? Because I have to admit, I did not have a lot of good. But nope. the bad, I can go on forever. Good, good, um, and then, <laughs> the and then scene. How, wait, what car are they in? There's like, took another there car. There is Nelson's car. car. Yeah. Nelson's car, that's right here. That scene is what something that I really love, which is like uh it's a a joke that's like uh and then and then it keeps going and it's annoying <laughs> and, it goes back. and infuriating but it, it doesn't change and nothing's different about it. It's like and then it just keeps going and then it becomes funny again. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so daring. Yeah. But that's uh, also what makes it like, oh, this feels like a mad TV sketch or something. Like this yeah. feels like this is <laughs> seriously like something you would see on like, you know, um, Upright Citizens Brigade or something. It's very yeah. mad TV. Yeah. That's like right on Which, by the way, movie. was also really big at this time. Yeah. So I think we're discovering the success of this movie. It's really wrapped up in its time period. It's yeah. 100%. Oh, it is wrapped. Because that's a perfect segue mm-hmm. into the bad. Yeah, because the bad watching it with 2019 goggles, guys. I was like, I did not know a movie could hit so many offensive things at once and still come off as, but we're just like just like jarring, yeah, like just jarring and yeah, like like well, well, it's transphobic, it's homophobic, it's racist, it's sexist, it's like 
scene with the blind kids. It's like, why was that? Why was that necessary? But <laughs> also in like an ignorant, like, like yeah, old, yeah, like yeah. way. You but know? that's another thing that reminded me of Dumb and Dumber with the blind kids and yeah. the birds. That was just like. I like that version better. <laughs> yes. yeah, and I think, well, as you said, I like what you said here, which is that mm-hmm. it's offensive in an ignorant way because yeah. each time they play these characters, they're doing something that's weird, which is they're giving them screen time and the joke isn't that that person's being is wrong. Right. Yeah, it's that that person being is not something you encounter every day and therefore it is odd. You know what I mean? I think to, uh, you know, the point you were trying to make of, you know, is it uh, coming from this place of just being ignorant? I think yes. I don't think there's anything hateful about any of these two characters. I don't think there's anything mean-spirited about any of these two characters. But I think they present that problem of, like, you know... Of, of, of like, let's say you have an older, like, white boss that, like, says something offensive, but he doesn't know that he's saying something offensive, but it's like, you kind of still have to say something to him, so he yeah. can't. And yeah, that's but, kind yeah. of what's happening yeah. here. This whole thing of they're being offensive without any intention or even realization of it, but, but, but it's hugely still happening. Offensive. Yeah. Also, yeah. without any authority. Yeah. Of, like, anything. Just yeah. like, oh, man, like, good thing we have all this free time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's respon- what responsibility do you have? Also, uh, a, good, a good thing that I liked that was... A, a good thing, sorry, I didn't mean to go back about no, it, but yeah. I wanted to mention it, is um, the trash scene. Where they're like yeah. trying to pick up that like one thing, like, we'll get it later, we'll get it later. It's like, uh, I've been there. I've <laughs> yeah, been yeah, you've been there where you just let it go. Yeah. And then later, the girls, the girls, the twins, whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever they're called, they're like, you trashed our house! Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, that's right. It, it that's the moment where I was like, this is Looney Tunes. So this <laughs> is literally like one of those like goofy shorts that would happen before Disney movies. Like, I'm just like, these one little thing that he just, he couldn't let go of that Mountain Dew cap. And because of that, all of these things happen. But... If you were to take a bathroom break for that scene, yeah. you could come back and keep going with the movie and nothing <laughs> would have changed. I think I think maybe you know the more we're talking about it and I want to get back into the bad things cuz I know you guys have a lot and I I'm, I kind of do too. But like this is one of those movies that I think they designed so that you can just have something on. Like yeah. background noise, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'm gonna make dinner. Like, let's put on, dude, where's my car? Fine, whatever. So what's know, weird I love for me is part. I don't know if that was their intention, but they definitely made something that could <laughs> be. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was intentional. I think they're brilliant. And I think <laughs> by making movie. comedy that's more episodic, by making a movie that has that's more episodic that has these little vignettes, this is great for people who are super stoked. This is a great <laughs> super movie. Stone? Yeah, yeah. This is a great movie for people who just like. Their attention spans are really short. They're not paying attention to much. They just want to find something they can giggle at. I can see why it has that cult status because if you're so, you're not really paying attention to long form content. And uh, number one, my goal by the end of this is to convince you that this is a brilliant movie. <laughs> and this, and in, do, in doing that, my next point is. This movie's ahead of its time. Pre-YouTube, pre-Vine, pre-short attention span. It's like, I see, like, whoever wrote this, that 70s show guy, uh, saw, like, oh, this is where it's going, and this is what movies could be. And let me say this, I'll bring it on a deeper level. I think we would have a lot more movies like this if it weren't for 9-11. This is a pre now, now I need to know where you're going with this. I'm not <laughs> I was actually going to bring up 9/11 too. So, so pre-9/11, this is a pre-9/11 world. 
pre-9-11 world, meaning it, it, this came out in 2000, and the first, like, eight months of uh, 2001, 2001, I still consider those the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Because the 90s were, were everything is great, uh, credit, like, like everything is wonderful yeah. in America, and everything will continue to be wonderful no matter what. And we don't need to focus on any serious issues because everything is great. And so you agree that this is a brilliant movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that, the effects that 9-11 changed the scope of entertainment it in such a way. It always comes back to 9-11. <laughs> it really does. But you have to, you have, I mean, like, whether we're joking about it or not. No, you're right. But, like, you have to say, man, this is definitely pre-9-11. It is hundred percent, and I think I think you're right because uh, let's take of the most iconic post nine eleven movie, which is The Dark Knight. It's, oh, for sure. It's, it's very much like even that whole language of Batman is the very first time we reflected that no things are serious. It's like what was what was once comical mm-hmm. and what was lighthearted and neon and flashy and fun. Like Tim Burton's Batman, you mean? Yeah, well, um, I'm thinking Batman and Robin, honestly. Like, yeah, but what I'm saying is, so things like that where the, the bat card is literally one of the things. You, you said finances. It's like, let's have some fun. Let's do this thing. It's like, yeah, yeah we're not there anymore. Yeah, and I will say that even the stoner movies that came out after, like, you know, uh, Pineapple Express, or um, even that, like, Jason Sudeikis, Jennifer Aniston, like, we're going to take all this drugs to Mexico movie. Oh, and the Millers. Yeah, and Meet the Millers. Like, things like oh, that. Oh, the Millers. Yeah, There's yeah, always yeah. some kind of, like, really dark, like, hey, we're actually in trouble with, like, a serious person. There's some kind of serious conflict that right. needs to be addressed. The only conflict that were here was presented by either aliens, people pretending to be aliens, people worshipping aliens, or jocks who were so dumb that they couldn't even do that right. (laughs) Like, there's no serious conflict at all, and all the conflict they get into is so irritatingly avoidable. Yes. And that brings me to my next point, which is why this movie is bad, because it's a movie about stoners where they never smoke weed. Wow. These aren't stoners. They're just dumb. The dog smokes weed. The, the dog, dog smokes weed. Is the dog the only thing and you know that what? smokes weed? Is this a PG-13 movie? Because I bet that was a studio, though. I bet they were like, hey, you can't have these guys smoke weed. So You're going to imply that they're stoners, but they can't smoke So what's about interesting this? about that is I, I myself looked at it, and I was like, what version of stoners are they talking about? Like, yeah. like, these, these people don't do this. Do this. I'm gonna say, Drugs yeah. do not make you like, act we like don't this. Make, weed does not make you behave this way. And avoiding <laughs> the whole, like, we don't remember what happened the night before, the girlfriends are like, you guys are probably just thumb wrestling in your underwear with helmets on like you always do. Who? Drugs don't do that. <laughs> well, I think the two things that informed them not smoking were, number one, or maybe three things. Studio note, that's one. But also um, the fact that the person that wrote that w- was that from that '70s show, and they, you know, when they're in the circle smoking, they just they ne- they're just showing them like maybe exhale. Yeah. And a recent movie, Don't Think Twice, I think came out in like 2016 or 2017, Microbiglia. Microbiglia. It was rated R because uh, there are people smoking weed in it. Yeah, PG-13. Um, and it's actually really funny that you say that because in that 70s show, I am, like, almost ashamed to say that I never knew. Like, that whole thing where they're, like, they're going around in a circle and, like, they're laughing and it's weird and all. It was never in my mind that I'd make the connection that they were, like, passing a joint. And yeah. Was, like, and then you just, like, thing. one person behind. For me, it was a it was a visual choice. It was, like, storytelling. And wow. I never I never got that until I got older and someone was like, yeah, 
Yeah. That that's why there's smoke. That's why they're laughing. That's it's like all of those things made more sense because yeah. you do have to have some knowledge of weed culture in order to make that connection. And so I will say to your credit, he did a good job in that 70s show of being yeah. like, these people are smoking, but it's not necessarily relative to the plot. What the plot is is that these people can't remember where they put their car. Also, I mean, I know we're talking about bad things. Steven <laughs> <laughs> loves this movie. <laughs> well, no, actually, I have to, you have to give him credit. He's making arguments that, like, I'm not saying that the movie's good, but I'm saying that you are bringing up really good arguments. But the thing is, so think about, like, smoking weed or, like, the, uh, the time uh, 2000s, like smoking weed, like it's kind of like to watch that is kind of gross, and like maybe it was like dark, you know. Obviously, like medical marijuana was not popular then. I don't think it existed. There was like a war on drugs, essentially. Still, we were happening. still we were living in the war on drugs. And to mm-hmm. to your point, the only stoners that you ever saw were that they were stoners. They were these Cheech and Chong era yeah. potheads of just like we are lazy, we don't really work, we yeah. smell bad, and all we were like too dumb to function. And yeah, the fun thing is propaganda. That's yeah. like where we were. Exactly. I mean, that '70s show is a prime example that the only way that we could talk about marijuana was to go back to the '70s. The fun thing about a stony character is after they've smoked. You know, it's like oh, the effect. Yeah. Like the effect is like, oh, maybe they're they're hapless, they're idiots, they're like, you know, they can't help themselves, they're getting in their own way, that sort of thing. So like if to show them like getting high, I think would have like been against the tone of the movie. Though it would have made more sense. And and they are trying to smoke. They're like, hey, like, you know, showing Scott takes the um the pipe out of the dog's mouth, yeah. and the dog like freaks out. Which, yeah, by yeah. the way, freaked me out because, like, <laughs> I wasn't privy to, like, animatronic dogs. Though now, a bad thing is, like, oh, that's so obvious. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean. To, to know that the, the guy body. who wrote that 70s show wrote this movie puts a lot of things in place for me. Mm-hmm. Because it really must have been, like, him and Ashton Kutcher, like, shooting the shit and just being like, hey, I have this idea. Like, do you want to... <laughs> like, and, I mean, I have to... The fact that both of them built careers off of this movie. Yeah. Yes. That's wild, too. Well, honestly, like, the more that you've said it, I think that what we've done by discussing the bad is actually break down all of these things. As you said, this is pre-YouTube. So these are small little vignettes. Because the part with, uh, what was it, Penny, or, yeah, Penny at the, I guess, impound where they're trying to get the car or, like, whatever... It's just like all of a sudden she threatens to cut his pinky out. No, again, like none of that made sense. Like no. that entire scene with her makes no lick of sense yeah. at all. And yet it's there and it's supposed to be played for a laugh. And you're like, no, honestly, I want to know. I, I'm, I'm curious as to what you thought I would find funny in that scene. Yeah. And I think that by breaking this down, you're, you're showing that no, it was. There was thought into it, but now we just have those. I we have the space for those stupid ideas to right. be. They wouldn't be in a movie like they are now. Like that would be a YouTube scene. You know, that would be a off, like some knockoff college humor type uh, sketch right. that you would get and you could go about your life. And as much <laughs> as I do agree that like this movie has elements like it's like YouTube-ish type of format, which I don't, I can't even give this movie credit for because I don't know if it originated that. But what I will say is that the vignettes that we do get are 
to me at times painfully unfunny. Oh like, yes, there are so many things oh. that I wrote down that I'm just like, <laughs> this uh, is just well, funny. Both of them part? get hit by a car. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it makes no sense. That doesn't come back around. Right. Um, there's just there's so many like little bits where like the guy's looking for pizza, they can't find it, they throw it on the ceiling, it sticks. So it, see it, for me, that actually that's Looney Tunes. that to me is that's Looney Tunes mm-hmm. and that's childish humor. That the idea of I mean, that's just regular comedy, like something the audience knows that one character does it. Right. And the idea that it falls and they throw it. You know, it's just yeah. like it's just like it's just they're constantly and then of course after he leaves the last two pieces fall, they eat it. That is, don't get me wrong, I don't find it hilarious the way the people just did. I do. But like, I do, I do see the humor in that, but I'm with you that a lot of the scenes, I was like, I wanted, I was like, please show yeah. me where your humor also, is. Also, it was just weird. Did you guys ever see that weird Al Yankovic movie, UHC, UHD, no. or anything like no. that? Alright, I, I, there was just, there was parts of this movie that felt like some kind of weird acid trip, yeah. like, where I was just like, um, or, or maybe Austin Powers is something that keeps ringing the bell for me. Like the the fembots in Austin Powers yeah, remind huh. me a lot of like the sexy space chicks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about real fast how these both the jock wants to get with Chrissy Boner, uh-huh. but along the way he wants to bang these chicks. Yes. These guys do the same thing, and yet we're rooting for them to get back with their girlfriends? Well, like, what's funny yeah. is it seemed like even all of the girls are like, yeah, that's just how he is. You know what I mean? It's just like, Christy Boner knows what he's trying to do. And she's oh, Christy like, hooks up with Charlene Scott's character, though, right? The night before. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like, it's, it's something where it's like, who cares? Like, fidelity means nothing. And that's, that's, like, that's, that's for me. It's like, I was watching this, like, this is like a 13-year-old fever dream. Like, everything, yes. everything yes. that you're describing in here. Women don't think our process like this <laughs> at all. Yeah, no. And I was just like, every single female character just behaves as you think a 13-year-old would think a female would. Because, like, the twins are rightfully angry. And yeah. the guys are just like, they're like, and you destroyed our... Um, house and they're like but we're almost done cleaning it we've done all the footwork to make clean up your mess and they're like you still haven't seen outside not hey we'll clean up outside yeah, yeah. Not, oh you still have outside to do and yeah. it's just like it's it's this idea that like the yeah. girls at sean william scott's character constantly is thinking about how the alien wants to give him yeah. oral pleasure and wow. yeah, it's just it's crazy that all the women here are pretty much to serve as sexual beings, except for the overweight fat one. Yep. <laughs> um, I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to talk about the rap video that happened. <laughs> Busted. Um, oh, yeah. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> There's a rap video that happens to uh, bust it. And um, <laughs> the two of them are wearing gold chains. They're wearing gold teeth. They're dancing amongst black people. Cultural appropriation. There's so times. much <laughs> strange cultural appropriation stuff that's happening there. Um, I, I mean, the end then, I, I can see why that was funny. But also, I was just like, wow, this is, we're starting with this accent. All right, right off the bat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, there was just a lot of moments that really, like, I was just like, you know what? If this were 1999, 2000 and I was watching this, I wouldn't even think twice about this. Yeah. But because I'm seeing with fresh eyes now, I can't help but to think, like, wow, like, 
they just saw two trans people kissing and they're like, are we supposed to be disgusted by this? Mm-hmm. But what, again, so going back to your whole, it's ignorant, but it's actually in some weird way progressive. It is the thing where it's like, the joke is that Tanya is a transsexual. That is like supposed to be this thing where they're like, ah, right. but at the same time, they never like judge Tanya for being one. They never like put her on display or do what Austin Powers does, which is yeah. like violates her. Mm-hmm. You know, they never um she finds happiness at the end, you know, she gets her thing. It's it's clearly implied that her she's gonna be with someone and she found someone and like they're okay with it. And as you said in that scene where he's like, Am I supposed to be turned off by this? Because he's not. He's like, there's something here that I'm kind of like into, but I'm off what I'm just saying is yeah. it's weird because it's even with the the um, the blind kid and like the rap video, it's like it's doing all these things, and the punchline is that this thing exists in the world, but not that this thing is a bad thing that needs to be removed from the world. It's almost like how like um, like Vern Troyer from Austin Powers, he would always say like when people would say you know they're making fun of little people in these movies with it, he's like, well, he's also giving you work. Like that thing of just like uh, it's progressive that I'm being included at all. Yes, but if the way I'm being a sign of the time for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think what I, I think to to both of your points, like I think why we like Jesse and Chester and not the jocks is because Jesse and Chester are harmless. Yeah, yes. jocks yes. are like aggressive. Yeah, they're um, open. They're like they like mm-hmm. they clearly again. I think going back to the Animal Planet thing, Jesse. Oh, sorry, Chester is right. very much like. He's smart. There is some intelligent there, and he's willing to learn. Right. And I mean, again, it's just like the idea that he. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying that they, they. He's a scholar, but they show that he is willing to learn and he's adaptable. So think about this. So like, think about man. I, what's the guy's name that wrote this? That '70s show guy. Yeah. yeah. He's like like in the uh, the uh, rap video that you're talking yeah. about in like all these oma- or like I, I'm I'm treating them less like. Theft and more like an oh, and more like an homage, and more like an homage in that like he's a stoner. He's got you got to be a stoner if you're writing this movie. Yeah, and so he's been plopped down on his couch. He's you know he's watched all these movies and he's like giving nods to like his influence. And that was also how I was introduced to Bust a Move, like or that like that song. Like that was like a total earworm for me uh, at the time. And like that I didn't know about that song. Before this movie came out. I don't out. think it's fair to have Peter on the show when he is the, like, the movie is essentially racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I was going to say is that if anyone's seen Glee, uh, I think in the first episode, they do, uh, they have like this white teacher introduce the kids to Bust a Move. Oh, and really? he's singing and he's rapping and it's like, it's fun. It's like, how is that any different from them doing it? Because it's it's coming from the same place of I respect this, I'm reverencing it, I find it cool, and I think that this is great. Yeah. However, it's still cult- cultural appropriation because it's not giving credit to the the source that it came from. True. It's way more, isn't it cool when I do it? And yeah, yeah. I think that, to me, like that's, that's a very good point where it's like, we look at that scene right now, and I think TCE and I cringe when we see it because it's we're looking at it through 2019 eyes. Yeah. Where, as you said, post 2000, it's just like a. And we would have even brought up the fact that two white dudes are singing this song. I'm like, man, get yeah, out of here. They could have picked, you know I mean? like, picked a better song for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so one of the things I, I need <laughs> to talk about. Okay. Because I mentioned this before that 
drugs do not make them act the way they do. So <laughs> there's something else that plays. There are these. I don't know the politically correct. <laughs> do these men have a learning disability? <laughs> Is their intelligence a little lesser than? Because there are so many circumstances where they are too dumb to figure something out, which again, weed does not do. But I think that television weed does, and I think that's what that's what bothers me about this movie. It's not that because I, I wrote the same thing. I wrote a note that like I was like, weed is not alcohol, like. Alcohol can make it hard for you to do certain things or make certain kind of judgments that they make. Weed, not. And to, yeah, <laughs> to me, weed is like people who have gotten drunk before being like, this is what I think weed is like. Exactly. And you're like, that's no, nowhere near it. And yeah. I think that, that is, if, if anything, it's a miseducation of who a pot smoker is. It's very cartoonish. Yes. Yeah. Like, if anything, I love how you brought it up earlier because... Pineapple Express does it in a good way where it's like the idea of James Franco sitting on a swing eating a burrito crying, that is weed behavior. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason why I, I bring up their intelligence is because it seems to me that the end of the movie is their girlfriends forgiving them for simply executing an idea. Oh, absolutely. Just the... You, we we executed an idea. We forgive you. Big hugs. And that's like, hey, we don't mind you trashing our house. We don't mind any of this Again, other stuff. Again, 13-year-old fever dream. Because they're yeah. like, like the idea that at the end, the girlfriends are given the necklaces. And it All makes right. their Those boobs bigger. Yeah. And then the, the guys are like, oh. And then the girls are like, oh, we have big boobs. It's always like, first of all. A few things that really bothered me. Yeah. One, you all just learned about extraterrestrial life. No one seems to care about that. That's true. No one seems to be flipping out about the fact that there is confirmed aliens on Earth. You're all just kind of cool with it. Number one. Yeah. Number two is the girls are also just kind of like, go with the flow. Oh, this makes the boys happy. We're fine. And you're just like, that's not how people work at all. Right. I have a question about the necklaces. <laughs> Did it also like make the women more agreeable? The, the, that, no, I think that's just. I, I think that's just. Or just their characters. The movie yeah. has it to where women are agreeable. Again, Christy is completely fine right. with Tommy up until Tommy gets eaten. You know, it's just yeah. Like, like, yeah, it's she just, doesn't break up with Tommy before that. It's and not it, the weirdest ending <laughs> to a movie. You're, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> but here's the thing. I kind of. I want to say that uh, going back to the good, I am here for. We've lost our car. It actually turns out yeah. that... And, and honestly, there was a, a little part of it where I looked at it and I was like, maybe it's not that they're high. Maybe it's that the aliens used that thing on them the night before, kind of like Men in Black. Which, and that's why they forgot it, everything about the night which before. Which did end up happening. But to my point, everyone treated them like they always act like that. Yeah. And that's, that's what's weird. It's like they, they do always treat them like they act like that. And I would have mm -hmm. liked... If the movie, I guess it. now we're kind of getting into the makeover. So before we do that, do you yeah. guys have any more bad points? Um, I just have two things. Um, Ashton Kutcher instructs Sean William Scott to hit the police, hit back, and hit hard. <laughs> so there's that. Um, Again, that's talking why about, that's why yeah, talking right about it, it to me, talking about, I would love to see, and this is not a makeover. I think a reaction movie of like 
an audience, a 2019 audience, having to watch this movie, I would watch that and probably laugh way more than I did watching this yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, it also <laughs> took me way too long to realize what shibbying meant. What does shibbying mean? Yeah, because they're, they're like, uh, Ashton Kutcher's like, I hate to say this, bro, but I think we need to stop what they're shibbying or stop shibbying. Uh, and that's what Ashton. Uh, so shibbing just means spot? Yes. <laughs> and so when Scott slaps him after he says that. So yeah. it's like, don't even think about that. So I was like, oh, so this whole time they're talking about weed and like this. It's, it's such a studio note. You can't say I, weed. You can't say these uh, words. All right, we'll make something else up for it. Yeah. I think I think that's right, but the way I was thinking about it before before you said that was, it's like just like they're like, um, aloha or like mahalo. Thinking, there, yeah, mahalo. Akuna Akuna, it's like yeah, shibby, shibby. Like yeah, 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 shib, yeah. Like shibby, shibby. Like they have a whole it's conversation to say shibby. If like Smurfs were into drugs, dude, we gotta stop yeah. Smurfing. Smurf your mouth. <laughs> Yeah. My last note on the bad was just that the guy who's in the cage in the ostrich from Andy Dick. And here's the thing. Any oh, movie with right. Andy Dick, I automatically was like, that's why I don't like this movie. Yeah. I have never seen an Andy Dick performance and been like, more please. Yes, <laughs> yes that's so accurate. I was also uh, raised by the Andy Dick show. Oh my god. <laughs> you, you were actually the perfect guest for this movie. ATV. Well, uh, it's really yeah. funny. Right before they leave, Andy Dick says something like, Hey, email me at freakinthecage.com. And I was like, this is such early days of the Ugh. internet because that's not how the internet works. Well, actually, so <laughs> they said if you go to that, that web, website was live for the longest time. Ah. And it had a just a picture of Andy Dick in a cage. And they were like, it's now down. Mm. But like for the longest time, that actually existed. It's probably a live stream. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, here's the thing. If you told me that Andy Dick was in a cage right now, I would believe you. Um, <laughs> the only other thing I want to say is we talked a lot about the plot, but honestly, just in terms of like a movie, I also like the scoring was like something out of Peter and the Wolf. I was like, who is doing this music selection? Yeah. Who are doing the transitions? Very it's random. like it had that like early 2000s unnecessarily, yeah, yeah, unnecessary um, transitions where it's like it would fade out or ripple. And you're like, why? Yeah. Why did we do this? There was also <laughs> a time period where teen movies. All of them, for, like, had either, like, this really terrible, like, punk or ska music as, like, the background. Like, yeah. like every transition <laughs> is, like, some, like, the worst punk pop band. Good Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Was good, good Charlotte was the uh, Fabio scene, I'm pretty sure. Oh. I love like that. It was all silent. like, all my 13-year-old, all yeah. my CDs. Right? Like, yeah. I was, like... Yeah, I mean, for that hour and a half, I was into Good Charlotte. Yeah. And then I was like, eh, I'm not really into it. <laughs> but as a, th- a middle school kid, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, I think it's funny. Like, I, I what made me really, what nail was the nail in the coffin for me for this is a 13-year-old's movie, besides everything else we just talked about, yeah. was when he was like, I just touched Christy Boner's hoo-hoos. And I was uh, like, what kind of grown-ass man calls yeah. breast? Hoo hoo. Yeah. Like, you are an adult, sir. If they were 16, I would get it. But, like, no, these, they're clearly, whatever age they're supposed to be, they are out of, like, everyone that they associate is out of college. It was, yep. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a Wayne's World slash Grease scenario, or like 90210 scenario, where, like, everyone was obviously older. Like, you know, in those films, like, there's like 30 year olds playing high school kids. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, uh, Jesse and Chester have jobs. I yeah, think. they have a job. They, they have a pizza. pizza. So, so, that's right. They're out of school, high school, college, but they're definitely acting like 
13, 14 year olds. Do you remember the 90s where you can afford a two bedroom house by delivering pizza? <laughs> <laughs> it's insane yeah. because, again, I mean, the girls have a house and they are they work for a non profit. Like, it's just like, it's they, insanity. Where did this take place? It, it, it's it it's like LA. LA. Yeah. They don't like, I thought There's about it. There's such a California vibe. It's to very it. California. They don't really express it. Um, That's true because, yeah, we're talking about. People living in closets. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's uh, but it's written with an uh, LA atmosphere. Right, I'm yeah. trying to think. Was there any other point that you guys had in terms of like the bad? Uh, no, no. Let's let's do the makeover. Okay, so the makeover. I I want to say makeover. something. As you said, in the makeover, I looked online. Conan. Uh, sorry, in 2016 on Conan, okay. uh, Ashton Kutcher said that there is a script for the sequel that no they just were never way. able called. Seriously, dude, where's my car? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm gonna call it now. They would do. They would do some like Beyonce shit and just drop it like with no press, like overnight <laughs> on Netflix. Like it's it's gonna be like January first or like you know de- December, like when the movie came out, and they just like drop it with no press, and people no, are gonna dude. be like, oh my god, this I is gonna be Ashton Kutcher's Men in Black, uh, <laughs> Bad Boys Three. This is gonna be the thing oh, he's no. promising us is gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And when he's like 50 years old and no one gives a shit about Ashton Kutcher, he's like, hey, by the way, we're doing the sequel. And it's like, oh, I, I don't know so if this is gonna work as adults. What's funny yeah. about that is Andy Richter is in that same scene, and he goes, if you wait long enough, you could just say make that sequel but it's like a different meaning because when you're like seriously dude where's my car you're just old and you can't old remember it. so it's like <laughs> the second one's just a really serious look at alzheimer's yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that's so, I, my question to you all were how what would you like to see in the sequel of seriously dude where's my car um i have some thoughts i think personally even with this movie yeah. or the sequel, if you get someone who does kind of chaotic, crazy, nonsensical storytelling, but in the right way, so right. I was like, Edgar Wright oh, yeah. uh, would be oh, a man, good person. So if he got this script, I feel like the, if he got this script, he couldn't make it work. You know, he, yeah. for those who don't know, he did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Baby Driver, and my, one of my favorite movies, Hot Fuzz, which again, has these things that like don't really seem to make sense, but at the end of the day, they all come back around, and it's just beautifully written. This is a great story. Um, I think that he could do a really good job, and then Rhett Reese uh, would be a good writer who I think I would like love to pass the script to. Okay. Uh, he's of Zombieland fame. Oh wow! Deadpool one and two. Oh um, yeah. So I think like giving him because again I just think wasting that, their talents <laughs> on this. <laughs> I, but I think I'm saying that like if I had to recast. You know, or read it. I think that they could take something of the script. Because, again, yeah. for me, the idea of can't find your car, plot twist, aliens, is something like, if anyone's seen, um, spoiler alert, if you've ever seen The End of the World, which is uh, another one of uh, Edgar Wright's At the movie. World End? At, at the World End, sorry. At the World End. At World's End, at like World's End. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, Same thing. It's like, it, you go through this whole thing, there's a mystery, turns out, aliens. And mm-hmm. but they do it in a way that makes sense, and you're along for the ride, and it's funny. Yeah. And I think that he could do something with this because the idea that aliens are the ones who have his car, and the idea that you know the Rubik's cube actually turns out to be the transfunction or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think that there's all something there, and I like it. It's mm-hmm. just every journey we took along, <laughs> every side step. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
or pit stop was one of the worst things, and I feel like they could actually tie it all in together. Yeah. Um. You know what? For my makeover, I think I would like to see this more in the hands of like someone from SNL. Like, I think Lonely Island. I don't know. Did you ever see um um Hot Rod? The Indies? yes. Yeah. The Andy Samberg movie Hot Rod is very similar to like these YouTube vignettes that just keep going through, but it still tells a story. There's heart that's somehow still in it, and it overall like makes sense regardless of having these like really wild, uh, like zany, uh, like YouTube clips through, that string together the movie. Um, I, I think seeing it with someone who has these actors, I personally didn't have any connection to these two leads. Um, so having actors that I feel like bring a little bit more heart to it might mm-hmm. make me care a little bit more so that I can laugh a little bit harder. Are you saying a remake? A remake? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can recast them. I, yeah, in a, see, any other version of this, I would like to see different people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so okay. We'll say that. I don't okay. think it makes sense for them to come back at any age. They're already too old yeah. for this movie. Well, no, I did the yeah. same thing. So I, I, when I did my recast, I was like, first of all, I would recast everyone. Everyone goes. I mean, like, wow. even if we do the sequel, I, I think you could keep the same characters, but I feel like someone um, kind of on the same level in terms of the popularity that they have, but I feel like in a new age would do it better okay. and even play dumb is... Uh, Noah Centineo. Do any of you guys know who he is? He's from that movie uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Okay. He's kind of like a really big rom-com star right now. Yeah, okay. He's like this lovable, like kind of like a Miles Teller, a taller uh, Tanner Miles Teller type actor where it's just like, okay. he has heart, but also people get that like he's, he's the man-man without being right. too masculine. You know what I mean? And then also there's this dude, and he kind of like is in the same position that Ashton Kutcher was in okay. at the time. And then uh, this guy named Bo Murkoff, uh, who is from, if you've ever seen the show, Now Apocalypse. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like the beefy, uh, dumb one in it. And again, I think he would play Chester very well because he, he has, even yeah. in Now Apocalypse, his whole character is like this lovable, naive guy who, even though he's doing all kinds of things where it's like, he's kind of like that deer who's like nibbling on the gun and you're like, what are you doing, dude? Uh, but like, you're like, ah, he's so cute when he does it. <laughs> and like, yeah, you can like get away with it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I think that those two, and then I I personally, just this is like one little cast, I would love for Daniel Radcliffe to play Zoltan. That's perfect. Which cast. is that? Which is that's that. perfect cast. That is perfect. Yeah. He's such a weirdo. That's, so, that's we so didn't good. talk about like the Zoltan. Zoltan we did, but like yeah. that's like another one of those like like Zoltan. I'm changing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that honestly, I don't really know who I would recast this movie with, but I would like my leads to be younger. I think. Yeah. Like the idea of like being like 18 years old and losing your car, I think, is a bigger and more pressing situation. Well, it's a different question because, again, if if you're 18 and you lost your car, there's, like, a sense of irresponsibleness that's allowed and everyone's like, oh, an 18-year-old would, like... But, like, the idea of, like, these kids who, like, like, I have to get my car, my parents are going to kill me, blah, 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 like... Okay, like, or, like, or, like... Like I leave for college in a week, I don't have my card. Some some kind of stakes to this to make it be like, oh, you know what? There's a there's a time clock now. Well, not only that, when you're a teenager, your car is usually your only form of independence. So it's not even that like, oh, 
I need it because I'm going to college. Just the idea of like your car is the one thing that you own and have that allows you just especially in something with this stakes. car. Yeah. yeah, to raise the stakes a little bit because this idea that like oh they need to get their car back for gifts they may have that they may be in the car and they may be good. It's like dude. Save your Saturday. Go to Target and go to <laughs> girlfriends. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. All right. So, all right, Peter, we haven't heard from you. How would you remake this movie? Or, like, what would you... If you could cast the Seriously Dude, Where's My Car, where would you go with If it? I could cast the sequel... Um, exact same guys. Everybody's the same. <laughs> I would change nothing. I would change nothing. I mean... Obviously, I would take out like a lot of the homophobia and the transphobia. In fact, all of it. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> Some of it. You have to rework all the humorous bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, I, I mean, I would just love to, uh, you know, see the same guys. Honestly, as you said it, I want because because you are keeping everything the same. Yeah. I want it to be like a Twenty Two Jump Street situation, where oh, like, yeah. no, they do. The exact same. They hit all and the same aware of it. They go over Nelson's house. They go to the Chinese place. They like yeah. it's like they a go Back to the Future <laughs> too. Like yeah. we're gonna go back and revisit yep. everything differently. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a cycle. Yeah, it's yeah. just a cycle. And I, to me, that would be funny. Yeah, because I, and, or, I'm so sorry, but like how I see it now that we're doing this right. is that they're adults now. They haven't done it in forever, but they get high. One day, oh yeah, just like they like lost touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost touch with each other. They're like they come back and they're like she 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 what's it? Shimmy, shimmy, They get high, they pass out, they wake up. Whoa, dude, where's my baby? <laughs> Seriously, dude, oh my god, dude, where's my baby? <laughs> no, I see, the, I see the opening scene. It's like they're both they're both like like adults, like they're you know maybe dressed like characteristically like an adult, like yeah. ties and stuff. And, like, they're just, like, kind of, like, both in their phones. This is obviously happening now. Uh, and they, like, hit each other. And they're like, oh, um, sorry, man. Yeah, Shibby. Shibby. Yeah. <laughs> and then they both, like, look up from their phones like, Jesse? Chester? Uh, yeah. I thought you died. It's <laughs> like, oh, dude, I'm alive. Sweet, dude. Sweet. But this, this would bring back the Bill and Ted element. Because what you could do is you could yeah. say, hey, at some point, the aliens made us forget each other for a reason. Whoa. Yeah. What's that reason? Again, I'm here for this movie. I'm loving it. Because I, and again, I want it I want it to be where it's like the entire time they're like, I feel like we've done this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's stop at this Chinese restaurant and order. <laughs> and it's just like if there's that bit. It's like, um, yeah, it's like it's like, oh man, like I'm actually yeah, and they meet in their back in their hometown because it's like the holidays or whatever, and they're yeah. like, they've got families and stuff. And yeah, they're like, let's get hot. Like, yeah. let's get like, when was the last time you smoked, dude? I can't remember. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. dude. And then they end up at like they their house, up, and they're like, oh, I've got some old weed here. So, but like at that. the and same like, time, it all ends at the same arcade. All right, all right. So we have the question that we always ask at the end of this, which I'm really excited for, which is, is this movie more good than it is bad? Uh, uh, let's look. Peter, yeah, sorry. Peter, you is the movie more good than it is bad? I think, I think, I have to say, uh, my answer is going to be obvious to anyone that's been listening, but <laughs> I have to say that it is more good than it's bad because of the fact that, like, there's no intent to harm uh -huh. you know uh like like the things that i take issue with are like you know you can't you can't make fun of like disenfranchised people like uh, uh, uh transgendered people and like being uh homophobic is not a punchline 
So that's bad, and like I don't like that necessarily. It's kind of very cringy. It makes the fun, the parts that I remember so fondly, uh, a little more difficult to like enjoy. But I still enjoy them. So I'd say as a whole, it's slightly more good than it is bad. But it's not like they were trying to, like it's not like they came out like we've been saying with an agenda. Sure. You know? Hey, no, you go. You go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wrote that this movie is a series of nonsensical bits without any added substance or humor or plot. Um, this film has turned me off to motion pictures as well. <laughs> so you, so I accept your apology. You agree with me. Okay, I get it. Very good. Oh, all right. So maybe another I'm, I'm sorry, Peter. I'm going to have to say that the movie it itself, the movie as is, um, it's still more bad than it is good, but I will say, I will give you a ton of credit because you've really I, turned my mind yeah, around all the while. I'm going to say, I walked into this being like, is there anything that I could go in <laughs> and be like, this movie has contributed to the human race. <laughs> and now I feel like what we've, what we've discovered was that this movie was a, both, it was in the right place at the right time uh-huh. and it was a stepping stone to the culture that we have now. Because again, it is pre-YouTube, it's right. pre-9-11, it's, yeah. re- it's kind of, if anything, it's a uh, a tale of what, the direction we could have gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we could have just kept going down this way. Yeah. And been, Are you trying to make me thankful for 9-11? Like, where are you going with this? <laughs> it was so bad. You were like, am I thankful for 9-11? <laughs> this movie's so bad, you're rethinking your thoughts on 9-11. But yeah, no, I'm just saying. Again, that. I accept your apology. I, I just think oh personally, you you definitely added more good to its plate, and <laughs> and that's how that's how I'll leave out. All right, Peter, um, can you uh, tell our audience a little bit more about you and like where they can find you and stuff like that? Sure. Yeah, my name is Peter Murphy. You can find me on Instagram, Peter underscore Murphy, and uh, at the Acme Theater every second and fourth Friday, I'll be performing uh, at the Acme Theater in uh, NoHo. Uh, it's a pretty cool space. Come and check it out. It's super fun. Yeah. We've uh, actually both been here to see the show. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I nice. always have a good time. I always like to support Peter. Uh, this was also our 420 episode. Yeah, right? yeah. At the time of recording. So um, hopefully you enjoyed a, a nice shibby. Shibby. <laughs> shibby. I was going to say that. Shibby, shibby. Um, TC, anything else you want to say before we... Uh, no, you... Um... This was a terrible movie. I'm so glad Peter was here to help us uh, understand it a lot better. Um, but uh, I was, I'm glad I was able to uh, uh, contribute my terrible mind. But, but what I will say is that, to your point, I feel like this is a great example of a movie that came out the right time in the mm-hmm. right space. But to be plucked out of that time period at all completely removes anything that was great about it. At least in my opinion. No, no, I, I, will, I will say that because, again, watching it. I was like, what What did I do? What did I do to TC? You know, I was just like, I'm so sorry. Learning yeah. a lot about <laughs> 2000 culture, and it's just... Yeah, like, and I will say, this is a great movie to be like, oh, you thought the 2000s were great? Rewatch this movie and tell me where we were headed. Uh, okay, so thanks for listening to another episode of Movie Makeover. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places. You can find me on Twitter, at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. And Tom, you can find me on Instagram at a braver me at dot braver dot me. 
And if you have guys, if you guys have thoughts on this movie, uh, <laughs> how to make it better, did you like it? Do you hate it? Please let us know at Movie Makeover on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email us at moviemakeoverpod at gmail.com. Uh, as always, I'm Siege. And I'm TC. Make it out. Peace. Woo! And. <laughs> <laughs>